You're highly welcome to the Precious People's Assembly for All Nations podcast, a place where we share God's word and empower you for your assignment in the marketplace, guided by Senior Pastor Sam Otenaki. Now, why don't you sit tight for today's sermon as we dig deep into the word and discover how to be God's representatives wherever we go. I don't know whether God is everything to you. But I know this life is not worth living without him. He is my treasure. I don't know about you. He is my portion in this land of the living. He is my priority. He is the breath that I breathe. Without him, I am nothing. Without him, I am a non-entity. Without him, I exist for nothing. Hallelujah. He is everything to me can compare to him in our lives whom can you compare God to hallelujah hallelujah if he's everything to you then is he your priority is he your priority is God numero uno in your life is he number one in your life is he number one in your finances is he number one in your priorities, your life priorities? Is he number one? Is he number one? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I would like you to just lift your hands. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Please just take that song slowly. That is everything. Think about it. Is he everything to you?
Thank you so very much, precious voices. Hallelujah. Let's put it, let's give it up to them. Don't sit down yet. Don't sit down yet. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go with me to Psalm 138. Psalm 138. Then we cross to 139. Let's look at this Psalm of David. You just sang that is everything to you. I will praise you with my whole heart. Verse 1, 1 Psalm 138. Before the gods, I will sing praises to you. I will worship towards your holy temple. And I will praise your name. For your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. In the day when I cried out, you answered me. And made me bold with strength in my soul. May the Lord strengthen you on the inside. In your day of trouble, when you call upon him, may he hear you. And may he give you an answer of peace. In the name of Jesus. It says, all the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord. When they hear the words of your mouth. Do you praise God when you hear the words of his mouth? Yes, they shall sing of the ways of the Lord. For great is the glory of God. Though, verse number 6, though the Lord is on high, yet he does what? He regards the lowly. But the proud he knows from afar. How many people are in high places? Do they care about what is happening in the bottom below? But that's the difference. They don't have the spirit of God. They are not like God. It says, though he's on high, he has regards for the lowly. You and I inclusive. It's not too big not to see you. There are some big men, you can't see them. They will direct you to their PA. They will direct you to their SA. Do I have a witness in the house? But God, your God is not too big. Though he's on high, he has regards for the lowly. But the proud, he knows how from afar. The proud have no place in God. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, what will happen? May the Lord revive you. I don't know the kind of trouble you are going through, but may the Lord revive you. I don't know the kind of financial crunch you are going through, but I say may the Lord revive your finances in the name of Jesus. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand will save me. All the enemies of Nigeria, may this become their portion. May the Lord stretch forth his mighty hand against all the enemies of our nations. In the name of Jesus. Those who willingly or through manipulation and deceit want to put tears in the hearts and the eyes of Nigerians. May the wrath of the enemy come of the Lord be upon them. In the name of Jesus. 
The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. May he perfect that which has to do with you. May his mercy endure forever in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. I said the Lord will perfect that which concerns you. In this season especially, we perfect your finances. It will perfect your family life. This tension in financial things will not bring tension into your home. It will not bring tension and distrust to your business. This tension will not kill your business. Your business will not go under. Your career will not be jeopardized. In the name of Jesus. Why? Because God says he will perfect all that concerns you. Do not forsake the works of your hands. The Lord will not forsake you. Because you are the works of his hands. In the mighty name of Jesus. Friends, these are tough seasons. We have prayed this morning for our country. The service leader led us in prayers. It's a tough time. And I thank God for the precious voices for that comforting word. It's everything to me. If you have him, you have everything. If you have him, you have peace. If you have him, you have joy. If you have him, there may not be money in your pocket, but it's bigger than money. Hallelujah. What is money without God? It's useless. Your money can buy you a water bed. It cannot buy you sleep. Your money can buy you all the luxury cars in the world. If your leg is taken, which leg are you going to use to enjoy the luxury cars? So it's everything to me. Very refreshing word. Delighted my soul. That's everything to me. It's my treasure. It's my priority. What can I compare with him? In this season, we need that word more than ever before. Can I have an amen? This season where the direction of our nation is hanging in the balance, we need such a word more than ever before. Let God be everything to you. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the what? The kingdom of God. And his and every other thing will be what? All these things shall be to you. May they be added to you. Amen. But you know, for this word to come true, it says, seek first. In other words, he must become your priority. It's when God is your priority and is everything to you, then he becomes your treasure. It says, seek first. Let the seeking of his kingdom be your first priority. When you commit to God and you are committed to God, you commit God to you. Because he becomes committed to you. Then you become his priority. May you be God's priority. In the mighty name of Jesus. In this season is they that are strong. Or is they that know they are God. That will be strong. And will do exploits. Not those who leap service or leap knowledge. Hallelujah. I just feel like, you know, allowing us to just keep standing and I, after I'm going to stand till the end of the service. Because some of you are already looking, Pastor, make we sit now. What of me? I'm going to stand here for the next one hour. Hallelujah. We have a standing service. 
Glory. Put your hands together for Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Please be seated in his presence. Hallelujah. Ooh. When we began this series a couple of weeks back, we did not foresee that a time as tough as this will come upon us so soon. Hallelujah. Contending for the faith. The present challenges calls for a contention of your faith. True or false? Some are not able to come to church this morning for obvious reasons. But whether those reasons are tenable or not is another thing. But they are obvious. Isn't it? Obvious reasons. But whether it is tenable before God... Is another matter. While it may be obvious in church, tomorrow it will not be obvious. Because whatever it is you will do, they will make sure, even if they have to walk, they will walk to the office. But when it comes to the house of God, they rationalize it. You know, I can save this one. Well, God will understand. But your employer cannot understand. So why should God understand? When he says, seek first my kingdom and its righteousness and every other thing shall be added to you. I'm challenging our mindset and our perspective this morning. Because it's important. Hallelujah. Let me dive into the message and see how we can weave all of this together. I just feel like speaking to you. So, last Thursday, we went into Jude, we continued rather, in the book of Jude that we have been looking at, and we x-rayed verse number 5. I'll read from verses 1, and we'll stop at 5. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. I thought I would have an amen. amen. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith. That was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people, certain men have crept in unnoticed. Who long ago were designated for this condemnation? Ungodly people who pervert the grace of God, of our God, into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number five. Now, I want to remind you 
Although you once fully knew it. Isn't it a privilege to be reminded of the things we know? How many of you know that there are many things you know, but you are no longer walking by? There are many truths that you know that this is truth. You know them, but you know what? You don't care about them anymore. Some other things have now taken priority. Before you got married, God is me and Jesus. You are married to Jesus. But since you got married, you are now married to your husband. Jesus is second. Can I have an amen? All married people are guilty. Can I have an amen? You knew how married you were to Jesus. He was number one, numero uno in your life. But since you got married, he has become number two. And the moment you started having children, he became number three. The second child, he became number four. And the moment you got your dream job, he became number six. Because all of those you put before him, So Apostle Jude says, now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed those who did not believe. Hmm. So last Thursday, like we said, we dealt with the subject, avoiding complaints against the Lord. That was the title of the message, if you missed it. But if you will contend successfully for the faith, you must avoid complaining against the Lord. We studied Jude verse 5 and examined the people that Jesus saved out of Egypt and afterwards destroyed. Because they did not continue to believe. Because they did not continue to believe. They believed. That's the reason why they were saved out of the bondage of Egypt. But they did not continue to believe. Can I have an amen? I'm opening up that verse to you. A people that is saved out of the land of Egypt and afterward destroyed who did not believe. In other words, they stopped believing. They did not continue to believe because they would not have been saved if they did not believe in the first instance. Hallelujah. The New Living Translation of verse 5 puts it very succinctly. New Living Translation, verse 5. So I want to remind you, though you already know these things, that Jesus first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt. Who led them? Who was the leader that God put in charge? Moses. But who was the executor of the evacuation? Jesus Christ. Because somebody will say, well, Jesus is not his New Testament, he's not in the Old Testament. I'm re-emphasizing this to you so that you know that the scripture is complete. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they walk together in partnership. Hallelujah. That Jesus first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt. I'm reading the New Living Translation. But later, he destroyed those who did not remain 
They were faithful. They had faith. They believed. But they did not continue to believe. They did not remain faithful. And it is he that endures to the end that will wear the crown. That we overcome. Hallelujah. So listen, friends. If faith takes you to the top, you need faith to sustain you there. Hallelujah. You must remain faithful. You must remain full of faith. If faith takes you to the top, you will need faith to sustain you at that top. For many of us, we rode on the wings of the Spirit because of our faithfulness. But what has happened to that faith? We have jumped ship. We are now using every other thing and expecting God to understand. If prayer and a lifetime of committedness and diligent service takes you to the top, the same is what will sustain you there. Can I have an amen? The same is what will sustain you. You are a woman of prayer, a man of prayer, and through prayer, God revealed your husband and as you saw it in that vision, the man showed up. Through prayer, you believed God for a set of twins. You believed God for a child. You believed God for a lady, a baby girl. You believed God and God answered you. Now the days of fervent prayer is gone because all your seeming needs and challenges are met. If prayer takes you to the top, you need prayer to sustain you. If a life of committedness to God's work, committedness to your family is what has helped you this far and your diligent service, you need the same thing to sustain you. We need the same thing to sustain us. Hallelujah. We checked out their story in Numbers 14 and then looked at the summary of their journey in the Psalms and the book of Hebrews. Let's look at the summary of these folks the summary of the story of these folks that Apostle Jude was referring to. Psalm 106, verses 24 to 27. Psalm 106, verses 24 to 27. New King James. Then they despised the pleasant land... And they did not believe his word, but complained in their tents and did not heed the voice of the Lord. Four reasons there. We'll come back to it shortly. Therefore, God raised his hand in an oath against them to overthrow them in the wilderness, to overthrow their descendants among the nations, and to scatter them in the land. So from this summary of the encounter of the children of God with him, we observed the four reasons why God destroyed them. Number one, they despised the pleasant land that God promised them. They despised the pleasant land that God promised them. When God makes a promise to you, I beg of you, believe him. Don't despise it. Don't despise his word. 
Whether it's at the 99 hour or the 11th hour or the 99.999 hour. Hold on to his word for your life. Learn from the three Hebrew children. We know our God is able and he will deliver us from your hand. Daniel 3, 16 and 17. But even if he does not deliver us, we will not bow down to your God. They held on to God. They put their trust in God and never despised him. But these folks despised the land that God had promised them. It's time for us, people of God, to change our mindset about God and about his word. Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 1. They despised the land. Deuteronomy 1 from verse 19. Let's look at that encounter as told by Moses. So we departed from Horeb and went through all that great and terrible wilderness which you saw on the way to the mountains of the Amorites as the Lord our God commanded us then we came to Kadesh Barnea. We are going reading down all the way. And I said to you, you have come to the mountain of the Amorites which the Lord our God is giving us. Look, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Please pay attention. Go up and do what? Possess it. As the Lord God of your fathers has spoken to you. Do not fear or be... Say, take courage. Don't be afraid. Go up and possess it. But what did they do? Next verse. And every one of you came near to me and said, you can see fear manifesting. Let us send men before us and let them search out the land for us and bring back word to us of the way by which we should go up and of the cities into which we shall come. Say, don't let all of us go. Let's use wisdom. It's good for us to use wisdom. Wisdom is profitable to direct. They began to counsel Moses. Says, every one of you came near to me and said, Did you see? This one will come. <laughs> you know, that thing you are saying, I think we should use wisdom. You know, we, let's send some people to go and inspect the place. And the next member came, sir, I want to see you, sir. They all came near to me, they didn't come together. Can I have an amen? Let us send men before us and let them search out the land for us and bring back water us of the way by which we should go up. God says, go up and possess it. You are now looking for another way to go. When God has spoken. Next verse. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. These stories were written for our admonition and for our learning. Then back, God, there are many of you that God has spoken to over 10 years ago about you going into business, about you pursuing a particular career path, and yet you are still reasoning it out. Let us send men ahead. Let them show us the way to go. Hallelujah. May every of such yoke be broken in your life. May every yoke of indecisiveness be broken in the name of Jesus. 
We are reading this so that we can learn not to waste your time. The plan pleased me well. So I took 12 of your men, one man from each tribe, and they departed and went up into the mountains and came to the valley of Eshkol and spied it out. They also took some of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down to us. And they brought back word to us, saying, It is a good land which the Lord our God is giving us. Nevertheless, what happened? You will not go... Nevertheless, you will not go... But you, you will go up. You will not go down. For you, you will go up. In the name of Jesus. They said, let us use wisdom. They sent people there. They spied it and saw that it was a good land. And yet, did they go? Many times, those things we call wisdom is fear. Those things we say, let's use wisdom, is because of fear. And not just fear, it's because of lack of confidence in God. Still, they had their way. They went, the spies came back, and yet they did not go up. But what did they do? They rebelled against the command of the Lord your God, and you what? And you what? And you what? I can't hear you. You complained in your tents and said, because the Lord hates us, he brought us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Is that the plan of God? When God gave you a vision of a glorious future and you saw that vision, was that vision supposed to harm you? But see the way the mind of men works. And many of us, our mind is still working like this today. Because the Lord hates us. See the conjectures they began to drill out of the experience with God. It's because the Lord hates us. That's why he has brought us out of the land of Egypt. To deliver us into the land of the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Next verse, quickly. Where can we go up? Our brethren have done what? They have done what? Discouraged our hearts, saying, the people are greater and taller than we. The cities are great and fortified up to heaven. Should that be a problem? Do you see the mindset? The people are greater and taller than we are. Isn't that a bonus? If God says he's giving you their land and all the people there, that means you have mighty men that can plow the ground and will not get tired. That means you have great human resources available to till the ground, to work in your industry, to work in your factory. But see what they were seeing. Mindset. <clears throat> Moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakim there. Next verse. Then I said to you, do not be terrified or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you. May the Lord fight for you. Amen. I said he will go ahead of you and fight for you. Amen. According to all he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. If God saved you out of the various 
contradictions that surrounded your life, that surrounded the kind of family you came out from, God saved you out of it. What gives you the hopelessness that you are now experiencing? Hallelujah. Says the Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. If you have never experienced any miracle, but you are born again, the fact that you are born again is a miracle. And if God could save you, you of all people that we know, that some people know, if God could save you, then what is it that he cannot do for you now? Hallelujah. Is someone here? Are you following the story? Next verse. And in the wilderness, where you saw how the Lord your God carried you, as a man carries his son, in all the way that you went until you came to this place, yet for all that, you did not believe the Lord your God. You, you, of all people. Some of us have been murderers, murdering people through abortion. And yet God saved you. And he carried you on his wings and has brought you this far. You look at yourself. Where did you come from? One Mr. President said, I did not have shoe. You. Have you forgotten? And look at where you are today. What gives you the right to complain against that God? It's an ungrateful heart. Yet for all that, you did not believe the Lord your God. But we will not think of the things he has done. It's always the things he has not done that we're always thinking of. It's always. It's always the things that he has not done that you think of. But all the goodness, all the great things, you never remember that. Hey, man, hey, woman, wake up and smell the coffee and have a grateful heart. Next verse, we'll stop at verse 40. Who went in the way before you to search out a place for you to pitch your tents, to show you the way you should go? How? In the fire by night and in the cloud by day. And the Lord heard the sound of your words and was angry and took an oath. In the early part of this year, we dealt the first few days, the sins of the mouth. Hallelujah. Many times we use our mouth to frustrate the workings of God in our lives. And the Lord heard the sound of your words and he was angry and he took an oath saying, Surely not one of these men of this evil generation shall see the good land of which I swore to give your fathers. Except Caleb the son of Jephunneh, he shall see it and to him and his children I am giving the land on which he walked, because he wholly followed. May you wholly follow the Lord. Amen. May your spirit, soul, and soul, uh, spirit, soul, and body follow the Lord. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. May you not just be a lip worshiper. May your whole heart follow after God. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Quickly, let's run down to verse 40. 37, next verse. And the Lord was also angry with who? With Moses for your sake, saying, Even you shall not go in there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
May those you are supervising not cause you to miss heaven. May those in your company that you are heading not cause you to miss heaven. May the members of your unit in that department not cause you to miss heaven. In the name of Jesus. In your working place, may members of your team not cause you to miss heaven. In the name of Jesus. This is a serious matter. Not because of what Moses did, but because of the people. That is why how you respond matters. You can be provoked. But you know what? How you respond is you must take responsibility for it. You allow yourself to be provoked. And you say things you ought not to say. And you do things you ought not to do. God said, speak to the rock. In his anger, what did he do? He struck it twice. Bam, bam. Ah. God said, said, you have passed your boundary. With your eyes you will see it, but you will not get there. We've talked about self-restraint. Haven't we? The pull, the push-pull paradox. It's not just enough to have faith, to be pushing. You must also be able to pull back and control yourself. In the midst of provocations, life will provoke you. Friends will provoke you. Your children will provoke you. Your husband will provoke you. Your wife will provoke you. Your pastor will provoke you. Your members will provoke you. You must learn to restrain yourself. The Lord was angry with me for your sakes. Even you shall not go in there. What a shame. After all the sacrifices. After all the labors of yesteryears. Joshua the son of Nun who stands before you. He shall go in there. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. I don't envy Moses. Do you? That is your servant, your assistant that will make it, and you will not make it. And God says, encourage him. Hallelujah. Where will he get the strength to do the encouragement? Next verse. I hope you are learning something from this. This is about transforming your lives. Walking with God is not a stroll in the park. You think it's two for ten couple. It's just jumping and doing. Look, it's much more than that. Thank God for the excitement in the presence of God. Thank God for the joy in the presence of God. But let's not water God down. Moreover, your little ones and your children... Who say you will be victims? Who you say will be victims? Who today have no knowledge of good and evil? They shall go in there. To them I will give it and they shall possess it. But as for you, turn, take your journey to the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. And verse 40. Oh yeah, that's it. Hallelujah. Your life will not be wasted on this journey. I said, you will not be wasted on this journey. You will make it to your inheritance. You will possess your possession. You will go up and possess that which heaven has earmarked for you. In the name of Jesus. What was the second reason they did not believe his word? Psalm 106. They did not believe his word. Verse 24. 
they did not believe his word. The first one, they despised the land. Number two, they did not believe his word. Unbelief. God is not a man that he should lie. Numbers, Numbers, he says, it's not a man that he should lie, neither is it the son of man that he should change what is mine. If he has said it, he will do it. Let's learn to believe God and hold on to God. They did not believe his word. Unbelief. Glory to God. When God promises to take care of you, I want you to know that he has the resources, he has the capabilities to make it happen. He said in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a future and an expected end. May your expectations not be cut off in the name of Jesus. They did not believe his word. Give me John 6, 29. All he wants of you is just believe. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you what? Believe in him whom he sent. The whole work of God can be summarized in your belief. Your belief system. Do you believe God? Do you believe him? Do you believe in what he sent Jesus to come and do? Number three, they complained against the Lord in their tents. They saw that in Psalm 106, verse 24, 5. They complained in their tents. We said to you, we must avoid grumbling against God in our hearts. And if you must avoid grumbling, if you must avoid complaining, there, are, there is only one major solution. What is it? What is it? Believe. Yes. If you will not complain, and yet your mouth must talk, what must you do? Give thanks. First Thessalonians 5.17 Just give thanks. Instead of complaining, just lift up your voice. Because there are some of us, our mouth is so programmed. If we don't talk, we cannot exist. We just must run our mouth. So if you want to run it, next verse 19. If you, want, if you must run it, use it to thank God. Pray without ceasing. In everything, do what? In how many things? In everything. Give thanks. For this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus for you. In everything. Give it to us in the Amplified, verse 18. In everything, in every situation, in every circumstances, give thanks. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Please plug in your circumstances there. Is it not covered? Is it covered or what? Or not? says, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and give, for this is the will of God for you. In other words, those of us who are in Christ, if you are not in Christ, it's a different ball game. But if you are in Christ, the will of God is that you thank God no matter what the circumstances are. So where is the room for complaint? There's no room for it. 
It is against the will of God for you to complain. Against God. Hallelujah. Well, somebody says, well, pastor, you know, he's thanking God in everything. You already eat. What up for everything? Ephesians 5.20. The same amplified. At all times and for... At all times and for... How many times? All times. And for how many things? Give thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. Whether you are in the situation, whether it is for the situation, whether it is for the circumstances, or you are inside it, koro koro like this, God says give thanks. That is the antidote against complaint. Instead of complaining, just give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. Hallelujah. Number four thing, they did not obey the voice of God. Mary, the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ, established the creed in John chapter 2, verse 5. Whatever he says to you, just what? Do it. Just do it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In the New Testament, the writer of Hebrew captured it in a succinct manner. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 16 to 19. And then we'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 before we pray this morning. Hebrews 3, 16 to 19. Amplified. For who haven't had amplified, please? For who were they who had and yet were rebellious and provoked him? Was it not all those who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Born again children that were born again out of the world and with whom was he irritated and provoked and grieved for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose dismembered bodies were strewn and left in the desert? And to whom did he swear that they should not enter his rest but to those who disobeyed who had not listened to his word and who refused to be compliant or be persuaded. May the word of God persuade you. May you forever be persuaded about God. May you make up your mind to be compliant in the name of Jesus. May you make up your mind to listen to the voice of God. And whatever it is he says to you, be ready to do in the name of Jesus. Verse 19. So we see that they were not able to enter into his rest. Why? Because of their unwillingness to adhere to and trust in and rely on God. Unbelief had shut them out. The key word there is unwillingness. If you are willing and obedient, you will do what? You will eat the good of the land. Are you willing to make God your priority? Are you willing to thank God in everything? Are you willing in every situation to thank God? Glory to God. While Apostle Jude was reminding us in verse 5 of Jude, I want to remind you though you once fully knew it. Apostle Paul in his letter to the Corinthians took it to a higher level 
than just reminding us. Jude was not reminding us just for reminding sake. He was reminding us so that we can examine ourselves and make sure we shake away from those things that cause them to err. Apostle Paul put it in a clearer way. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We'll read from verse 1 to 15 and then we'll pray. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 1 to 15. Amplified classic. Thank you, Lord. Is you ready to take note of so few if a number of things, a number of themes and thoughts. For I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren. Let me tell your neighbor, ignorance is a disease. And there is no excuse in law. Does the law permit room for ignorance? They say, you don't know. That's your business. This is what the law says. Oh, sorry, I did not know. I'm sorry. There's no sorry. There's no ignorance in law. The apostle is saying, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, that our fathers, our forefathers, they were all under and protected by the cloud in which God's presence went before them and every one of them passed safely through the Red Sea. Hallelujah. Verse number two. And each one of them allowed himself also. Let me tell your neighbor, salvation is personal. You must take responsibility for yourself. Hallelujah. This faith journey is personal. Husband, your faith cannot save your wife. Wife, your faith cannot as it were. If your husband is not born again, your faith can draw him into the kingdom. But the moment he enters the kingdom, you are, oh, why? You are on your own. Hallelujah. Each one of them allowed himself also to be baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. It's personal. This journey is a personal race. Every man will give an account. Every man. Hallelujah. Each one of them allowed himself also to be baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They were thus brought under obligation to the law, to Moses and to the covenant, consecrated and set apart to the service of God. Are you consecrated? Are you set apart? Have you made God your priority? Is he everything to you? Are you fully committed to him? Do you see that your life is nothing without him? Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. John 15, 5. Let's read on verse number 3. And all of them ate the same spiritual, supernaturally given food. They're eating the same food right now. Hallelujah. They're taking the word of God, the food of the Spirit. And they all drank the same spiritual, supernaturally given drink, for they drank from a spiritual rock which followed them, produced by the sole power of God himself with, without natural instrumentality. And the rock was... The rock was... Jude mentioned it in Jude 5, that it was, it was Jesus that saved them, Apostle Paul referred to it here that that rock from which they were drinking was Christ. If you go to 2 Peter chapter 3, you see the same thing. 
Second Peter chapter 2. Hallelujah. Next verse. Nevertheless, please pay attention. Nevertheless, though they drank the same spiritual drink, ate the same spiritual food, nevertheless, God was not pleased with the great majority of them. For they were overthrown and streamed down along the ground in the wilderness. May God be pleased with you. May everything you do receive the blessing of God. In the name of Jesus. I beg of you, may you walk in the consciousness of pleasing God. In the name of Jesus. It is, God says, don't be a man pleaser. Don't live your life with eye service. Ephesians chapter 5. Colossians chapter 3. But do everything you can to please God. When a man's ways pleases the Lord, he will make even his enemies to be at peace with him. Proverbs 16, 7. And you know what? This life is not worth living if it's not pleasing your master. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me ask you, if you are not pleased with the way things are in your office and you are in charge of that office, what will you do? Will you be happy? Will you be happy? If you, mortal man, will not be happy, what about God? Don't you think we owe him an obligation to make sure he's happy with us? It's not negotiable. Praise God forevermore. Because we men, we sometimes don't fail. God has emotions. God is jealous. <clears throat> when you begin to follow idolatry, what happens? You arouse his jealousy and he can strike. He has emotions just like you do. He wants you to live a life that is pleasing with him. God was not pleased with the majority of them. And out of the millions, only two folks made it. They were overthrown and strewn down along the ground in the wilderness. Verse number 6. Now, these things, please take note, all we have been talking about from Deuteronomy, from Numbers, these things are examples, warnings, and admonitions for us not to desire or crave or covet or lost after evil and carnal things as they did. That's the reason why these stories were written. So that we will not go after their ways else we end up like they did. Hallelujah. It is a manifestation of the love of God. I read, let me drop it, it's not necessary. There's a saying that When horses are fighting up and they are going, I'm trying to translate from Yoruba folklore, and the horse in front enters a ditch, what happens? Huh? It teaches the ones coming behind. At least the ones coming behind, we avoid it. Isn't it? Praise God. Doesn't God love you so much? He's giving us examples to follow. Is giving us illustrations as we are explaining their lives. Because I know many of you have never read this story this way. You just think it's just some story of some bunch of, of some zealous guys or some carnal guys who are just, you know, 
No, he's talking about you. He's talking about me. Hallelujah. We, these things are examples. They are warnings. They are admonitions for us not to desire or crave or covet or lust after evil or carnal things as they did. What are carnal things? Those things that appeal to the flesh. Those things that appeal to the flesh. Fleshly things. Let's read on quickly. And then he begins to list some of them. Do not be worshippers of false gods as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat. And then they did what? They drink. The sacrifices offered to the golden calf at Horeb. And then they rose to play. To dance and give way to what? Jestings and hilarity. Hilariousness. Don't we see this in the church these days? You dance, dance away your sorrow. We're in the presence of God, a holy God. And then it's dancing, we dance away and then give, we jest. There's nothing we are not doing. There's a time for everything. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? The people sat down to eat and drink. Spiritual food, spiritual nourishment. And then they rose to sports. When we take in the word of God, right? You've taken a serious word like you are hearing this morning. Some grandmother of words that is causing you to search yourself. I hope I'm not falling into the mistake of these forefathers. I hope. And you're searching yourself. And then now they rose up to go and play. Hallelujah. They rose up to dance and give way to justice and hilarity. How you are following? We are not saying we should not dance in church. Please, don't get me wrong. I love to dance too. I prefer you to dance here than go to club to dance. Hello? Don't dance in club. We have good music to make you dance. Hallelujah. You say, Pastor, you want my gift of dancing to die. Dance for us in church. We love you. Hallelujah. Sing for us. We love you. Can I have an amen? But please, they sat down to eat. He's saying, after this awesome presence in God's, in the time in God's presence, you now live here. And then what happens? Everything is now play. All the things you have learned, you, you make jest of it, and it's hilarious. They're just they talk their own. See all these pastors, their mouth too sweet. If I sometimes they will put fear inside you, say, I beg you. No. They rose to play. They sat down under such an atmosphere of God's presence and received spiritual food and nourishment. And then when they leave here, they rose to sport. May that not be your portion. May you take the word of God very seriously. May you take spiritual things with utmost respect in the name of Jesus. Next verse quickly. We are going to verse 15. We must not gratify evil desire and indulge in immorality as some of them did. And 23,000 suddenly fell dead in a single day. In a single day. It says, don't gratify evil desires and indulge in immorality. Next verse. It's dangerous. We should not tempt the Lord. Try his patience. Become a trial to him. Critically appraise him. We must not exploit his goodness. Don't exploit the goodness of God. 
Hallelujah. And you take advantage. What you cannot do in your office, you do in church. No. That's what he's saying. He says, don't exploit his goodness. Don't critically appraise him. Don't become a trial to him. Don't try his patience. Don't take him for granted. As some of them did and were killed by poisonous serpents. That will never be your portion. I said that will never be our portion. In the name of Jesus. Next verse. Nor discontentedly complain as some of them did and were put out of the way entirely by the destroyer. That's the baba of them complain. That one, there was no, it was, it just put them, it killed them. Put them out of the way. Discontentedly complain. Next verse. Thank you. Now, these things befell them. This is the second time, isn't it? These things befell them by way of a figure. As a what? Example and admonition and warning. Is re-emphasizing the same thing. These are not fairy tales. These are not fables. These were real life stories that is using to warn us. They were written to admonish and fit us for right action by good instruction. We, in whose days the ages have reached their climax, their consummation, and their concluding period. We are in that season. But we need to be more careful. Next verse. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Therefore, say therefore, let anyone, how many? Anybody who thinks he stands, who feels sure that he has a steadfast mind and is standing firm, take heed lest he fall. Nobody is exempt. Let anyone who thinks he stands take heed. That's why we must continue to study the word of God and allow the word of God to zero us our lives, to x-ray us. We must continually put ourselves on the scale. Let anyone who thinks he stands don't say, oh, I'm the bishop, I'm the senior pastor. Uh, no, you are deceived. You are deceived already. If you have such a mentality, say, let anyone who thinks he stands take heed. We, must, we all must constantly take heed and put ourselves on the scale. Hallelujah. Verse 13. Two more, three more verses to go. For no temptation, no trial, regarded as an enticing to sin, no matter how it comes. Please take note. It says no temptation, no trial, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid hold on you that is not common to man. There's nothing you are going through that is something new. That is, no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human what? Somebody says, Pastor, I couldn't help it. No, you can help it. You can help it. You can help it. That is beyond human resistance and that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human and such as man can bear. There is nothing you are going through that we have not gone through. Pastor, you don't understand. Ask me. I came to this city with just one box that contained all my life belongings. November 2nd, 1993. 
It will be 30 years on November the 2nd. As a young man, what did I have? Nothing. I had God who directed and moved me to Abuja. That was all. Can I have an amen? So then my story is different. I have a wife. We have children. God has given us this ministry to oversee for him. If he's able to do that in my life, how much more he's able to do for you? Hallelujah. So there is nothing you are going through that is not common to human experience. Some say, you don't know, Pastor, the suffering, where they chop me. Oh, the suffering is, what of you? You are not chopping suffering yet. You know, there's a difference. You are eating suffering. That is one level. But for suffering to be eating you, that is a hyper level. Hallelujah. I have seen it. Glory to God. And when there is none, just convert it to natural fasting. Hallelujah. And just go. You convert it. Your mouth will be as dry as any. In those days, I did not even have the wisdom that when you fast, you have to drink water. Where I was coming from, there's no water. Water itself is, okay, you want to do biribiri, you can now take water. But fasting cease to cease. No water, no food. So your mouth will be as dry as, you'll be as miserable as if you pass near somebody and they smell your mouth. Ha! Huh? They will wonder whether this is a God child. But now we know better that when you are fasting, you must drink water. Your body is 70% of water. Can I have an amen? But under such subjective conditions, we think, what is food? Food for the belly, belly for food. The two of them will perish. That's the way we were taught and brought up. Now for you to skip one meal is a problem. No wonder you're not able to resist. No wonder your resistance level is so low. Can I have an amen? amen? There is nothing you are going through that is beyond human experience. And there is nothing that is beyond human resistance. These things were written for our admonitions and for our warnings. But God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature. Can I have an Amen. When you hold on to him, he's always faithful. No matter how tough, no matter how terrible, no matter how painful the circumstances may be, he is faithful not to let you be tempted. And he can be trusted. I love that. God can be trusted. God is not a man. A man can change his mind like a chameleon ten times a day. Can tell you come tomorrow and when you come, he says, sorry, I can't help you anymore. But that is not God. God can be trusted. Neither will he let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability and your strength of resistance and your power to endure. But with the temptation, he will always also provide the way out, the means of escape to a landing place. May you land safely. You will not land with broken legs. You will not land with broken limbs. You will not land with any part of your body broken in the name of Jesus. On this journey, your marriage will not be the casualty. On this journey, your career will not be the casualty. On this journey, I say your marriage will not be the casualty in the name of Jesus. Your business will never be the casualty in the name of Jesus. 
We always provide a means of escape to a landing place that you may be capable, strong, and powerful to bear up under it patiently. Hallelujah. Look at how loaded. Look at the way it has amplified that verse for us. You can write a thesis on just this verse out of your life. Let the word of God read you, comfort you, and strengthen you in your inner man. Shout hallelujah. Let's take the next two verses and then we are going to go into prayers. Verse 14. Therefore, therefore, my dearly beloved, Sean, keep clear away from, avoid by how? If need be. Avoid by Ferege, that's what he's saying. Flee. If possible, flee any sort of idolatry of loving or venetrating anything more than God. God must be number one. He must be your priority. He must be your treasure. He must be everything to you. Avoid, if need be, by flight, any sort of idolatry, of loving or venetrating anything more than God. Some of you love your wives more than God. Take heed. Some of you love your husband more than God. Take heed. Some of you love your children more than your husband. Is allowed, maybe, but not more than God. As I know women, mothers, now their love of their life is their children. The husband, leave that one. Your, the child will soon go, and then you, I will see who you will turn to. I will see. You meet me here. Let me tell you, you meet me here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Put your hands together for Jesus. You are too serious for me. Is it that the word is penetrating? Hallelujah. I love verse 15. I am speaking as to intelligent, sensible men. Are you sensible? Are you intelligent? All the things we have been saying, is he entering you? Think over and make up your mind. For who? About what I say. I appeal to your reason and your discernment in these matters. Rise up on your feet. I cannot conclude better than with the words of Apostle Paul. I'm speaking to intelligent, sensible men. Many will process this and not just take it hook, line, and sinker and not cram it. Process these things that God is saying to us. Let's process them. Therefore, my beloved, dearly beloved, let's keep away from and avoid by flight, if need be, any sort of idolatry. Idolatry is loving anything more than God. Some of you love your job more than you love God. Some of you love your husband more than you love God. You love your wife, you love your children more than you love God. Please reconsider your stand. The choir have sung to us today. Let him be our priority. Let him be our treasure. Let him be everything to us. I told you that song hit me like a thunderbolt. Let him be everything to us. Let God be everything. Why don't you lift up your voice and say, Lord, help me. Help me. Help me to think over, make up my mind about all that I've had this morning. Yes, Lord, that I will avoid complaints, that I will avoid all manners of complaints against you. 
In the name of Jesus, you have given us these examples so that, yes, we may no longer live in any sort of idolatry, so that you alone will be number one, that will seek first your kingdom and its righteousness so that every other thing can be added. Help us, Lord. If we are going to contend for the faith, we must be in spiritual shape. And part of being in spiritual shape are all of these things that we must avoid. We must avoid them. Four things. We must avoid them. We must avoid them. We must avoid them. We must avoid unbelief in any way, form, or fashion. We must avoid complaining against the Lord, even in our hearts. We must avoid unbelief. And we must obey the voice of the Lord our God. We must obey the voice of the Lord our God. We must never despise the land that God has promised to us. We must not refuse to enter in and possess it. No, no, no. We must go up and possess our possession. We must have the mentality of that, of possessing our possessions. In the name of Jesus. must make up our minds to obey the voice of the Lord our God. We must quit complaining against the Lord in our hearts. And the only way is by giving thanks for him. Giving thanks for everything. Giving thanks in any situation. I don't know the situation you are in right now, but I would like you to thank God for it. Thank God for those situations you are in right now. Thank God for those situations you are in. Thank God for every situation that is happening in your life. The good, the bad, the ugly. Especially the ugly and the bad. Thank God for them. Thank God for them. Thank God for those situations. Thank God for those situations. Rero pasekata kalarabo sepatoriama kazegata ngelerie poposombra kopa zegete kelerie papa koshekato ngelerie posombra koma zegata kalaraba seboroba sekatariama zendaruba kelerie popoposombra koma zegata reke poso patakarababa shekete ah masembro kapa sekatarababa mezagato paraba shekatoria basakata Rekapo sekatata braka shikatoria. Oh, mazambro kasekatoria bashikata. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. All heads bowed and all eyes closed. If you are here this morning and you are born again, child of God, what a privilege we have. These folks were born again. Jesus saved them out of Egypt, He redeemed them. But yet, they fell short of his expectation. They complained against God. They did not believe his word. And they were wasted in the wilderness. If you are here this morning, you want to be saved. You want to be born again. I would like you to raise up your right hand wherever you are. I want to pray with you. So that we will not live a wasted life in our generation. So that our lives will count for time and eternity. And if you are also born again, but you are not yet baptized in the Holy Spirit with initial vocal evidence of speaking with other tongues, please raise up your right hand wherever you are. Two calls. You want to be born again. Or you are already born again, but not yet baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you are raising your hand, please step forward quickly, sister. Brother, just come. I would love to pray with you. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. Just come. Come, 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 come. Come. I would love to pray with you. What a privilege to be available for God. What a privilege to receive the baptismal of his spirit. What a privilege. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
please say after me, sister. Father, I come before you as your child. Accept me the way I am. I believe Jesus went to the cross to die for me. I believe in what he has done for me. I confess him today as my Lord and as my Savior. I make up my mind. I make up my mind by a decision of my will to follow Jesus all the days of my life from now on and forevermore. Amen. Father, you have said anyone that comes to you, you will never cast away. Your daughter has come willingly, surrendering to you today. Accept her into the beloved in the name of Jesus. Save her to the uttermost in the name of Jesus. Redeem her from the shackles of sin. Redeem your daughter from the shackles of sickness. Redeem her from the shackles of poverty. Redeem her from the shackles of death in the name of Jesus. You will not die before your time. There be any appointment with death or any covenant with death and hell. They are hereby annulled in the name of Jesus. But you will live to declare the works of the Lord in the land of the living. All the days of your life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. And Lord, as your daughter will be ministered to, let her heart be open to receive the baptism of your spirit in the name of Jesus. That she will begin to live a Christian life without a struggle. Directed and energized by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Congratulations. Amen. Please, don't go away. You can want to take your bag and Bibles and please go towards that man. God bless you. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. And we have come to the end of yet another intriguing session of the PPA Fan Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message has touched your heart and inspired you to be a light in your marketplace. So, in order to stay connected and access more empowering content, kindly visit our website at ppafan.org. Now, always remember, you are a citizen of heaven and God's ambassador here on earth. May God's love and grace guide you in all your endeavors. Until next time. Goodbye and God bless.